0: Hello everyone and welcome to Brainwaves. Every two weeks, Jamie and I get behind the mics and bring you the best in tabletop gaming news, highlights from across the tabletop gaming spectrum. Jamie, why don't you introduce yourself and take it
1: away? I'm Jamie Adams and this is Brainwaves episode 90, bringing you the best in tabletop gaming news. This is the headline for the week of the 24th of January, 2022. Tabletop simulator goes berserk. All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves. Yes, hello,
0: folks. I'm Ian McAllister and I'm Jamie's co host on this show. And uh, we have just got one headline this week because it's a bit of a long one. On the 7th of January, Twitter user at Zoe I'll spell that for you X O E A L L E R A D, posted the following to Twitter It's been a rough day. It's official. At Berserk Games says it's fine to chat off topic as long as it isn't offensive or disruptive, but sharing your gay or trans is inappropriate. It's, in quotes, not a place to discuss sexuality, fetishes, politics. I've taken down all my tabletop simulator mods, or TTS mods. We will refer to this user as Zoe for the rest of this article. This is all public knowledge, but we have asked for permission to report on the topic and were granted permission by Zoe. In this tweet, Zoe is referring to Berserk Games, publishers of popular virtual tabletop, Tabletop Simulator, which is available on Steam. The reason she said this was shared in more detail that Zoe posted in a Google Doc the following day. Zoe had discovered that when posting in global chat, that mentions of the fact she was gay or trans seemed to result in a temporary ban. Global chat is a social interaction bit of the Tabletop Simulator software. When she tried to find out more information about this in the global chat, this too resulted in a temporary ban. The following is from a transcript that is in the doc Zo shared and we will share on the show notes of the cast. I will read Zo's parts, and Jamie's going to read the individual identified on the chat as Mod Jorb, Jorp. Zo, OK, so I've read the rules, so if I'm understanding them right, there's nothing wrong with me expressing my transness or gayness.
1: Maybe you didn't understand them correctly. Odds are the autoban script will ban you and not me, but... And there's some chatter about I hope it's not against the rules.
0: Funnily, me talking about the history of expressing my gayness is against the rules. Some chatter about asking Chorp to clarify the situation. There's a big thing at the top. I think it's even in bold. Zo says, are you saying being gay is not family friendly? And is then kicked from global chat. So proceeded to email Berserk Games, and we'll read from that email in full now. Hey there, so there appears to be some confusion regarding the rules of global chat. I've been kicked on several occasions, often immediately, after saying something to the effect of, I'm gay. At first I attributed it to some auto-kick, bot auto-kicking on the word gay, which is honestly a whole other issue we should discuss. However, talking with a mod, I'm under the impression that expression of transness or gayness is interpreted as not family friendly. According to mod Jorp, is that the stance of the Berserk Games team? Thank you for your time, and I hope you had a safe and warm holiday season and new year. After a week without any response, Zoe then proceeded to the Berserker Games Discord to try and get some clarification on what's happened and the company's policies. She interacted with a mod there who goes by the handle CHRY. We refer to them as Cherry for ease of flow of the cast. Jamie will read Cherry, and I will read Zoe. A link to the global chat rules. I'm aware of the chat rules. I've read them. I was seeking clarification. I even used the email listed on that page, but got no response. And what's the clarification needed? So a moderator was referring me to this part of the rules, but it feels a bit ambiguous. So then quotes from the global chat rules. When using global chat, there's an expectation that discussion will be family friendly and centred around tabletop simulator, tabletop games and chatting with other players. She then goes on. So I guess the part I want a clarification on was the chatting with other players. Does that mean that it's fine if the conversation with the other players in chat starts veering from tabletop games, as long as it's a conversation with the others present and is family friendly? Like if someone was like, I love Root so much, I wish raccoons were real, and
1: that started going off into a conversation about raccoons and memes, would that be fine? Chat moderation is based on the content of the message, not the topic.
0: I'm not sure I understand, so it's more about the specific words used than what's being discussed. So, like, I guess when it comes to that general rule, would it be kick bannable offence to be talking about raccoons, for example? Like by that bolded text, they aren't related to board games in the strictest sense, but I could see it just being a harmless chatter thing.
1: Talking about raccoons means nothing in relation to chat moderation. If your message is offensive or disruptive, then it will be met with a kick and or ban.
0: Okay, so that makes sense to me. So then, why is it that I get kicked for sharing that I'm gay, or banned for asking if being gay is considered
1: family-friendly? Discussing sexuality has no place in global chat. Why not? The same link to global chat rules.
0: So then, it isn't considered family-friendly then. Is gender considered inappropriate for chat
1: too, like sharing that I'm trans? Tabletop Simulator is about playing tabletop games. Not a place to discuss sexuality, fetishes... Politics. Keep that to your private lobbies or public chats where these things are the topic at hand.
0: Are you suggesting that being trans is fetish or political? Zoe did not get a response after posting this last question. She then goes on to share examples of getting kicked from chat by mentioning she was gay and also that folk were not getting banned for talking about sexuality if they were straight. Zoe does admit in the Google Doc that we'll link to again. By this point, she was testing the system to see what would happen. Berserk Games took to Twitter to defend themselves on January the 8th. We do not censor, suppress or ban users for expressing their identity, race or orientation. We actively take measures to ban users for harassing members of the LGBTQ community. A user got timed out from the chat for what was deemed disruptive behaviour by spamming different keywords in an attempt to get flagged. This was misunderstood as punishing the user for expressing their identity. This was of course never the intent and further confusion ensued in attempting to clarify the situation. Our policy is to keep the chat cordial, inclusive, and for the most part on the topic of tabletop gaming. Tabletop Simulator supports the LGBTQ plus community, including profiling games with LGBTQ plus themes, designers and writers, as well as having members of the LGBTQ community working on TTS directly. This response was seen by many as victim-blaming. It failed to address the issues that Zoe had raised, and raises questions about their moderation policy, as I myself have seen the chat be distinctly non-cordial. That's me, Ian, not Zoe, a quote from Zoe. Less than 24 hours later, on January the 9th, Berserk Games posted again. Hello, Tabletop Simulator community. We once again want to stress our commitment to inclusivity in everything we do, and would like to apologise for the handling of a user being banned from global chat. Initially, we are misinformed about the sequence of events as well as the full context of the situation that led to this user's ban. The subsequent messaging around why this ban took place does not reflect the beliefs or sentiments of Tabletop Simulator. Tabletop Simulator has not and does not condone equating sexual orientation slash gender identity with fetishes, politics or anti-family friendly sentiment. At this time, we have decided to take down global chat as we reassess our moderation process, as clearly we have some shortcomings. The purpose of the moderation team was to keep global communication on the topic of board games and to reduce toxicity and hate. Tabletop Simulator recognises that the current moderation process of our global chat has failed to uphold its original intention, and we apologise for this as well as anyone who was hurt or made to feel unwelcome the past few days, as this was never our intention. Tabletop Simulator community, we hear you and the entire Tabletop Simulator team is prioritizing our commitment to making the TTS community inclusive and safe for everyone. Community feedback and communication is a key aspect in learning and improving. We hope over time to once again regain your trust and respect. This seemed like a step in the right direction, but at the time was inspecific as to what course of action Berserk Games would be taking. Over the next few days, there were no updates from Berserk Games, as several mod creators, publishers and designers began to pull their work from Tabletop Simulator. On the 14th of January, Berserk Games posted again on Twitter. We apologise for hurting the Tabletop Simulator community, especially those from the LGBTQ plus community. With Global Chat, we only have intended to create an open platform to discuss the hobby we all love. However, we have obviously fallen short of that standard, and so we have decided to officially take Global Chat down for good. Over the past week, we have spent a lot of time evaluating our company-wide practices. We understand that our silence may be perceived as an action. However, we realise the gravity of the situation and believe it needed to be discussed and addressed with careful and intentional consideration. To show our commitment to bettering ourselves as well as supporting and empowering the LGBTQ community, Tabletop Simulator has donated $10,000 to the National Centre for Transgender Equality. In addition to this donation, we will be running a series of articles on our blog to showcase the great work available on TTS created by members of the LGBTQ community. If you are interested in having your game featured, please fill out the form below Finally, we are reforming our moderation policies to ensure that everyone has an inclusive place to enjoy our great hobby of tabletop gaming. We promise that these actions are just the first step in our renewed commitment to creating a culture that values inclusivity in board gaming and the world. We appreciate all of the feedback and suggestions from the wonderful TTS community and hope, with hard work, to regain the trust and respect of the tabletop simulator family. This again seems like a step in the right direction. Many pointed out that without Berserk Games committing to making Tabletop Simulator a safe place for LGBTQ community, that those taking advantage of the offer to have their work highlighted may be merely painting a target on their backs. Notably, at no point have they said they have removed any of the mods involved in the bans in discussion. During this whole incident, the Steam page for Tabletop Simulator was seeing its own review war going on. Awful people who thought that actions by Berserk Games meant they had an anti-LGBTQ stance flooded the page with positive reviews, which expressed extreme anti-LGBTQ sentiments, while those with pro-LGBTQ supporters similarly flooded the page with negative reviews, criticising the stance that Berserk Games had apparently taken. As of recording on the 22nd of January, Berserk Games have not posted publicly any further updates than to link to the forum for LGBTQ designers to sign up to their initiative. So posted to Twitter on January 16th to say, an update, at Tabletop Sim, that's Berserk Games Tabletop Simulator account, has since reached out to me and apologize and it seems Cherry is no longer in the TTS Discord or on the moderation team. This helps, but otherwise the threads will capture my feelings well. I personally need time and progress to heal, but thank you. We'll link to the thread she references in the show notes. This tweet was quickly followed by a screen capture from the Berserk Games Discord where a mod was seen lamenting the actions of the company and wishing some of the money going to LGBTQ plus organisations would go to, as they put it, a moderator relief fund. Berserk Games did reply to that tweet saying the mod had been removed. We personally reached out to Berserk Games on the 12th of January via email, but as of time of recording on the 22nd of January, we have not had any response. There's not a huge discussion to be had here. I I basically want to say this. Our, our stance on this is effectively this. They absolutely did wrong. Their moderation team was obviously not up to the task of taking on such a huge number of people. Tabletop Simulator has become very, very popular over the lockdown for obvious reasons. It's one of the primary ways a lot of people are continuing to try and play board games with their friends. And that has obviously gotten out of control. There was some reaction on Twitter, not all, but there was a small minority on reaction on Twitter where people said that no matter what Berserk Games did, they would never use the platform again. And I personally think that's quite a dangerous stance to take. A lot of the companies behind the products we use are very small. I don't know how big Berserk Games is, but a little Googling around says maybe six to ten people. It's not very big at all. And small com- and companies of all sizes make mistakes. A lot of what's happened with Berserk Games, to me, reads like a small company trying to deal with a bad situation and dealing with it, admittedly, extremely badly. And we need to give them some chance to sort that out. And they do seem to be going in the correct direction zo herself in the Google Doc we'll link to says that she has doubts that they have an anti LGBTQ agenda. But there is obviously systemic problems in our society that they are failing to acknowledge or doing anything about. And we 100% agree with that. We need to give companies like this time to sort things. If they don't, then yeah, abandon them. Absolutely. But these things are complicated issues that don't necessarily get fixed in 24 hours. Thanks very much for bearing with us in this massive headline. It's probably the longest piece we've ever covered. There's a lot of quotes in there. We'd like to thank you all for bearing with us on that. And we're going to get on to the rest of the news now. So let's move on to some updates for previous uh, articles we have covered. You might remember that Tactical Studies Rules, or TSR, as it is more commonly known, it's the story that just keeps on giving. As a little reminder to our listeners, TSR were the original publishers of Dungeons & Dragons before eventually being bought by
1: Wizards of the Coast. Now, I would like to chip in here and say this is not that TSR. This is a new TSR that was founded by... Ernie Gygax, one of the children of E. Gary Gygax, one of the creators of Dungeons & Dragons, alongside Dave Arneson.
0: Yes, this is about the third or fourth iteration of this company of recent. Uh, We'll link back to our old shows covering all that part of this story. The artist known as Darlene designed one of the original TSR logos at the inception of the original company. Uh, It was known as the Wizard's Head logo, and it was used by TSR between 1980 and 1983. It seems the current version of TSR that exists had wanted to bring Darlene along with them in their recent lawsuit against Wizards of the Coast. You might remember a couple of casts ago we covered this, where they were going to see Wizards of the Coast, then they weren't, then they were. It's all very messy. After having read the contract that the new TSR were offering her, she has said no rather emphatically. From her online post, In December, I finally reviewed the contract Justin Lanaza, one of the founders of the new TSR, wanted me to sign. That's when I took a stand and gave this answer. I prefer not to be directly involved in any way with your lawsuit against Wizards of the Coast. Therefore, I do not give permission to use the Wizard Head logo. For the longest time, I tried to remain neutral, aloof and unaffected. I wanted to avoid being associated with the bombastic claims of the new TSR. Uh, In this post, which we'll link to, she goes on to say that she doesn't want to be associated with the new version of her logo, as she sees it as not being her work due to some of the changes made to it and that TSR would have to address the way they treated freelancers and their attitude towards women both inside the company and as customers. She briefly describes her point of view of the growth of the company and how it turned from an all-for-one into a one-for-all uncaring corporate entity. It seems unlikely that the lawsuit against Wizards of the Coast will get anywhere, but we'll bring you more if this story develops. And now we're going to go over to Jamie with a bit of an update about Pokemon nonsense.
1: First of all, I just want to say the TSR stories it as you said, it keeps going and
0: Whatever you do, I don't know when it's. Do not end. give this new TSR your money.
1: No, don't give us to it. it it is the exemplifies the worst aspects of gatekeeping yeah, dare absolutely. I say, grogn- grognardy. Yes, old school role playing, which it's not. It's not. It's not very nice.
0: Let's put and, it that way. There's loads of old school role players out there who are really nice and welcoming, but these guys are not that. <laughs> Please don't give them your money.
1: Now, last episode. We talked about the internet individual by the name of Logan Paul and his $3.5 million acquisition of a sealed and authenticated box of first edition Pokemon cards, as it was described, and the subsequent suspicion surrounding said box that it was a scam due to its murky origins. Now, Paul took the box to the baseball card exchange in Chicago uh, to be verified. What was inside the box was tons and tons of G.I. Joe cards.
0: No, it's half the battle, Jamie.
1: Worth a lot less. (laughs) Now, some people are laughing their heads off at Logan Paul being scammed out of three and a half million dollars. But he says at the end of the video on the matter that he trusts the seller to refund him on account of being sold fake cards. (laughs) Now, some people have questioned this saying, was this an actual scam or was this a very slick and complex bit of publicity for Logan Paul? I'm not going to speculate here because I really can't be bothered.
0: No, with a personality like Logan Paul, will you ever know the actual truth? Unlikely.
1: I know what I think, but I'm not going to say it here. Well, we keep this cast clean, Jamie. (laughs) what i think is absolutely clean it's parcel that's the end of the updates now on to ian with some more news
0: yes and we're out in the brainwaves garden for some more archaeology news Uh, you mean old mm, very old very very old games and pastimes have been integral to society for thousands of years and archaeological excavations keep digging up examples of board games from the past. A joint Omani-Polish project called the Development of Settlements in the Mountains of North Oman in the Bronze and Iron Ages has been excavating settlement sites in the Komara Valley in northern Oman, mainly from the Um al-Nar period, that's 2500-2000 BC of the Bronze Age. In December, Professor Piotr Belinski from the Polish Centre of Mediterranean Archaeology, part of the University of Warsaw, reported the finding of copper working and, in one of the rooms, we found a game board. The board is made of stone and has marked fields and cup holes. Such finds are rare, but several examples are known from India, Mesopotamia, and even the eastern Mediterranean basin. The most famous example of a game board based on a similar principle is the one from the graves from Ur, says Prof. Belinsky.
1: Ur, in this instance, being Ur, the city-state in ancient Mesopotamia.
0: Thank you, Professor Jamie. So this seems to be another example of the continental expansion of the Royal Game of Ur, it's really interesting. I, I love to
1: see the history of board games and yeah, their expansion. And you know, I've been talking about the role game of war or- for a while just because I was at the British Theft House or the British Museum, as it's apparently normally called, <laughs> and saw so there was you know a version of it, and uh, there was a, a stone. They, they they found stone versions of it as well. But I was going to make a joke about
0: isn't there a whole research department there about sort of board games and like trying to figure out rules for like ancient board games and that kind yes of
1: thing? because the rules are well we don't know the rules and i think Doctor dr irving finkel i think that's his name who what did great name he's a great name and he has an amazing beard there's a video on youtube about the role game of Ur. uh yeah, yeah I, I was going to make a joke about oh where's the bgg listing for it but uh, i looked and there is actually a a listing for the Royal game of oar it's ranked 7827
0: but it's it's really interesting that kind of thing because like there are examples of this sort of game through different civilizations
1: as as i said as i said India, mesopotamia and the eastern mediterranean basin
0: And it's something I've mentioned in in some of the writing I've done is the way the board games latch onto mechanics and there are trends for like deck building or worker placement or that kind of thing. And this is kind of an ancient example of that sort of evolution of games. Fascinating. We'll bring you more on that if there's any more to bring.
1: Now some news regarding Essenspiel, the world's largest trade fair for tabletop games. They have been bought by Spielwarenmesse, the company behind the Nuremberg International Toy Fair. Now, they took ownership on the 1st of January. And so far, plans seem to be to preserve Essen in its current format. By the way, Essen's turning 40 next year. Uh, the current director, Dominique Metzler, will be staying in her current position as well, with an additional director in the form of Florian Hess, who's executive board member of messer e.g. On the acquisition, Dominique Metzler said, it was important to me to retain the unique profile of Spiele for the future. I'm very pleased to have found in Spielewarenmesse, e.g., with his experience in world-beating fairs, a partner that can continue and further develop the success of this fair on my model for the coming decades as well. My team and I are delighted to be working alongside them.
0: It's an interesting move. I mean, as the board game hobby grows, we're going to see more amalgamation of properties and companies. That's kind of inevitable. But yeah, we'll see what this brings
1: to, to Eshen Spiel. Maybe I'll make it bigger. Even Well, bigger. Here's, here's what I'm worried about. Because recently we saw in the video gaming world the acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft. And we are getting dangerously close to, you know, tech monopolies. Yeah. As they were getting dangerously close. Tech monopolies are always close, but it's just getting more and more apparent by the day. Asthma day acquiring Studios Left, Right and Centre...
0: It's another monopoly being built
1: up. They have been acquired themselves, that's true.
0: And talking of Asmodee and the companies they have acquired, no game is more representative for the past few years than Pandemic, Matt Leacock's iconic global virus-busting cooperative game. Alongside myriad versions, there's also a digital app version available for most electronic devices. On the 6th of January, Asmodee Digital quietly delisted the game from several digital storefronts and planned to remove all of them by the end of July. At the time they did this, the only comment was from an email reportedly sent from Asmodee Digital to Reddit user BadBoyBarry when he asked about the disappearance. In this email they said, We have worked hard over four years on Pandemic and withdrawing it from the stores has not been an easy choice. This decision was made with a heavy heart for a multitude of reasons that we cannot disclose. Rumours abounded from Asmodee pushing their other digital versions on Board Game Arena, which they own, of course, to some thinking that senior members of the British government had been caught playing it in COVID briefings, hence now infamous phrase, Next slide, please, and does anyone have any blue cards? Within the last few days, Asmodee Digital replied to PC Gamer Magazine's request for comment. They said... The Pandemic app was released nine years ago, and we no longer feel the current quality and reliability of the game is on par with what the Pandemic deserves on digital platforms. Time has come to make way for the digital future of Pandemic. They go on to say, Current owners will not be impacted. All players who have already purchased the game will still be able to play and download it. Pandemic is and will remain available to play online, in single-player mode, or in multiplayer on Board Game Arena. So it's apparently just old... Maybe there's a new Pandemic on the horizon sounds extremely likely to me. Or maybe they'll just push the version that's on Board Game Arena. I've been playing quite a lot of Board Game Arena Async recently. It's pretty good. Uh, So maybe they'll just go that route. Who knows? We'll bring you an update as and when things happen.
1: I'm going to say the, the time has come to make way for the digital future of Pandemic. Now, I understand they're talking about the game, but for a second, my mind went... Pandemics are going online. And I went, yes, Jamie, computer viruses exist.
0: Anyway, Jamie, uh, let's go on
1: to some world record attempts. On the 21st of January, Herefordshire board gamers are going to attempt to break the world record for the longest time playing a single board game, with the current record standing at 75 hours. The game they've chosen is Dune, the board game. According to the Herefordshire Board Gamers website, the rules of the attempt state that we will accumulate five-minute breaks for every hour we play, which we're allowed to accrue and then use as a long break to rest and get some sleep. Now, they're doing this for charity. The chosen charities are Alzheimer's UK and Herefordshire Mind. The whole event is being streamed live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. And I'm sure if it's finished by the time this goes out, it might be worth having a little look and see how they did. Maybe not the whole 85 hours or more, hopefully. But, uh, choice snippets. After 10 hours, they just started their 11th game of Dune. Apparently one ended in 18 minutes after a cunning alliance led to a quick win. Good job. I hope they're, I hope they're doing well. I hope they're surviving. And I hope they don't all hate each other and still trust each other by the end of playing all that Dune.
0: That's a lot of backstabby political gaming, but yeah, congratulations to everyone involved and I hope they raise a lot of money for charity and we'll bring you an update on how they did in the next cast. Anyway, the cunning alliances we like to form are with our wonderful patrons. We'd like to thank them all for giving us a little bit of money to keep the cast going, especially our executive producers, James Naylor and Sean Newman. We'll link to all of James and Sean's bits and pieces in the show notes. Uh, You can join them for only $1 a month, which gets you access to extended versions of the main cast and also some extra bits and pieces on our Patreon. You can also support us in a variety of other ways on the site, including getting lovely t-shirts from Sir Meeple and lovely metal dice from Metallic Dice Games. All those promos will be in our show notes. Jamie, before we get out of here, let's go wild in the country.
1: uh, Ian, this is very forward. At least, you know, buy me a Drink first at least. Now we've got no Monopoly today, but instead we return to the multicolored you have one
0: job, Jimmy. One job. And it's getting I've got Monopoly something. News.
1: I've got something just as good, Ian. We've and I think you'll find in this spot, we have not just covered Monopoly, we have covered Jenga, Cluedo, Uno, r- possibly Risk. That doesn't uh, mean I don't want Monopoly here. Well, tough. We're doing <laughs> Uno this week with the new announcement for of Wild Uno in which every single card is a wild card. But Jamie, I hear you cry. How does that make sense? You'll always be able to play a card in your turn. Where's the game? Well, the wild cards, there are still actions on them. For example, there is still the skip card. But there's double skip cards now. There are targeted draw two cards where you can just point at someone else and say, you draw two cards and there are forced swap cards joining it as well, where you put it down and you must swap your hand of cards with another player. Now, when one player or when a player has one card left, and obviously they have to say uno before the players catch them out on it, the preceding player may draw and play the top cards from the draw pile in an attempt to stop them winning. I mean, this is very bold strategy for Mattel to, to start this new year. Just
0: sounds like my Wake, waking nightmare. up this year
1: and choosing violence
0: i mean it's a t- it's a take who knows anyway folks thank you very much for listening if you like what you've listened to then the best way to help us out is to share the podcast and drop us a review and rating on iTunes you can also follow us on Twitter Instagram and Facebook but the place where we're most active these days is our discord where you're most welcome to come along and chat about all the bits and pieces of news Uh, we also have games nights there and all sorts of events so you're welcome to come along and join that we'll put a membership invite in the show notes uh, our website is giantbrain.co.uk where you'll find reviews, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. And if you'd like to email us about news stories that you'd like to see us feature or any comments on any of the news stories we've covered, that email is giantbrainuk at gmail.com. Thank you very much. and We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye bye.